there's a tool that really caught people's attention and it is changing the nature of graphic art and image creation online. It has really changed how people think about what AI can do. They didn't ever think it would be creative. We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the most intelligent Amazon scaling toolkit online. Amazon sellers need exact, quick-to-read profit reports. Many sellers already pay a lot of money for these. Eva has world-class finance analytics with crystal-clear graphs included at no extra cost. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers, averaging a 51% increase in profits. To get a 15-day free trial, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Three days ago, OpenAI released a revolutionary new AI chatbot that is literally changing the world. And we're really excited to talk to you about it today. Toby Lutke, the founder of Shopify, has just recently tweeted out, this is insane. This conversation, we're going to give you an overview of what's happening in the AI space. We're going to talk specifics for e-commerce operators and how you can use chat GPT to improve your business and life. And we're going to show you how to get hooked up to it. I'm open right now in chat GPT and I can talk to the robot. You would like me to, Michael, <laughs> jump into this fun conversation. I am. I've been reading some fascinating stuff about this, and I'd love you to give the robot a prompt to tell us about ChatGPT. The article you shared with me was very interesting. We'll link to it in the show notes, which if you're listening, folks are at theecommerceleader.com, written by a human. Although actually, the truth is that we've been using AI to write the blog post for the last month, sort of me and the robot in conjunction, and that was prompted by you. So Mm -hmm. This is becoming part of everyday life, isn't it? But it feels like this is a step change, a quantum leap, if you will. First of all, Jason, you're the one who brought this up, you've been getting more and more deep into AI recently. What is it yeah. that's prompted you to get into this? What's your personal kind of connection with this whole business? I'm always intrigued by the new stuff and that's just my nature. And so I'm always early into things. I was early into Pinterest for marketing purposes, early into Shopify, early into Instagram. That's just the nature of my personality is it be peaked but curiosity wise into these new things. And I got into AI tools over a year ago, at least when I started using Grammarly, I didn't quite understand that it was an AI tool, but I just knew it was a helpful writing tool. And then other tools I started to get exposed to. And my most recent writing tool that I've been using is called pepper type. And it's a writing prompt tool or a helpful writing tool. It's AI. And so I just started to get more and more clear on this. And then I heard the all in podcast guys talking about this brand new chat GPT tool and I had to try it. And I am just mesmerized by this thing. Literally, I'm not exaggerating to say this was a life changing day yesterday. And I spent two hours with this thing. And so that's just my journey with it so far. And the chat GPT tool did just come out on December 1st for open beta. 
and it's the fourth as we record this. So it's just been out for a couple of days and literally the internet's the storm with this thing. People are talking about how insane it is and what use cases exist and can obviously be generated from using it. And so there you have it. That's my background and happy to explain more. And I know this is a kind of brand new thing to some people or a lot of people and happy to share basics and just general info. Yeah. So AI stands for artificial intelligence. Obviously it feels like one of those areas that there's been a huge amount of hype about for a long time and yet the actual experience has been underwhelming. What's your understanding of AI and what's different about this one? Sure. Yeah. And people have been trying to work on this for a long time now. And it has been this slow growing area or not really slow growing, but just people have been exposed to it. Or you might say that there haven't been practical use cases for the, uh, the tools that have been produced until this last year, really, or year and a half. People were mesmerized by a tool called Doll E, which is a graphic arts generating tool. And I'll outline this in a formal way. So you understand the lay of the land a bit here in a minute, but there's a tool that really caught people's attention called Doll E. And then Dolly 2 came out and it is changing the nature of graphic art and image creation online. And it has really changed how people think about what AI can do and how to talk about it, meaning that they didn't ever think it would be creative. But Dolly 2 has proven that um, AI can be incredibly creative and work to make works of art that are masterworks and it's very fascinating stuff so anyway that's i think that's why people haven't really known about this much because there hasn't been a, an example or use case that they really cared about but with dolly 2 on the image side and now with chat gpt uh it is game changing and the world is going to pay attention to this now going forward in my view it feels like stepping into a science fiction movie somehow yeah, and yeah so what are the general, you mentioned images, I guess chat GPT implies it's presumably more text-based. So what were the general areas that we're discussing here? Yeah, I think there's really three big domains that I've seen emerge in terms of the useful tools that you can get into. One is writing and that, as I mentioned, I, I used a Grammarly and then I used pepper type and, but there's also writing in terms of code writing and people are using these tools to perfect their Python code. And to really encode in general, but I, I'm not expert in that area. I don't know how they do that, but I know that people are using AI now to really write the substantial amounts of code on the internet. And there are a lot of tools in that space. I'll just mention a few. And if you want to Google around and find them, Jasper is probably the most popular writing tool. People have heard of Jasper because it's really been commercialized. PepperType is the one that I use. I chose that because it was cheap. And my dog's name is Pepper. And I thought it would be funny to have a robot writing assistant named Pepper. And uh, then I mentioned Grammarly. Copy.ai is out there as well. Phrase.io, writer.me, spelled R-Y-T-R dot M-E. WriteSonic, Simplified, SpinBot. There are a ton of these tools because everybody has access to the base code that they can use to build these tools. And everybody's just commercializing these tools in different ways on the writing side. And so you'll see tons of these. Jasper's clearly cut a leadership position. And then Grammarly, I would say, is probably the biggest tool. And I can talk about why that's valuable for our work, if that's helpful. But anyway, that's the writing side. The second area is design. And design side, you have tools like I mentioned, Dolly 2. Stable Diffusion is another one that's blowing people's minds. Design.ai, Icon 8 beautiful.ai. There are a bunch in that space as well. 
that are helping graphic artists and people who are writing uh, are making images and, and that kind of thing really perfect their craft. And then the third domain or the th third big bucket is what I would say general learning. And really there hasn't been a general learning tool that really did anything of substance for people prior to three days ago, in my view. Now there were chat bots on people's websites where it could, in essence, in that context, a chat bot for a company would consume your knowledge base tools inside your help information, your FAQs, and it could just answer people's questions. But it was super limited. It was just like one website. Help you. And you went and you asked a question on that chat bot. It would tell you the answers in that very defined scope. But the chat GPT, what it basically did was it ate the internet circa 2021. And now you can ask it anything and it'll tell you the simplified answer. So the way I'm thinking about this, Michael is, and hopefully this is helpful for our listeners in the writing domain. The AIs are eating bad writing and spitting out quality writing. In the design domain, they're eating design prompts or ideas and spitting out masterpieces. And in the learning domain, they're eating complexity and they're spitting out simplicity. And it's revolutionary. It, it really, this chat GPT thing, I want to go into deep today in this conversation because it's so compelling and it's so brand new. I think we have to talk about it for our listeners. Wow. It, it sounds like it's a perfect employee or consultant really, doesn't it? You go g give it rubbish and it comes up with mastery. Couple of ways that I've interacted with this stuff. I remember that the whole buzz about chatbots when I had um, one of my, an old friend, he's an Amazon seller who's transitioned, transitioned into, I guess, more, eight, more software slash agency type offerings. And he was all about chatbots a few years ago. And I remember using them myself and using his software and other people's and, and just feeling it was actually a very clunky experience as an interacting person. And naturally it was so clunky and spammy that Facebook wasn't very happy about it either. Whereas this feels already a very different order of change yeah. there. I think a couple of things that I've used, by the way, that if you are a listener and a reader of the ecommerceleader.com in the last month, you would have been reading a blend of me taking the outlines and notes that I've taken for our conversations and putting it into copy.ai and then editing it vigorously. I'm starting to use it because of a sort of time saving as opposed to because I think it wouldn't do as good a job as me. So I think that's one of the simple ways that I'm using it is to create things for SEO. So ultimately for traffic and brand mm -hmm. awareness. And the reason I'm using AI is to save some time. So that's one of my sort of use cases. I've also yeah. used beautiful AI, funnily enough, to do a presentation to one of your challenge groups in past, mm -hmm. in the past. Mm -hmm. again, why? Because it looks better than me messing about on PowerPoint. Those are some two use cases. One is because I'm not very good at design and it will do a better, cleaner job than me. And the other one is saving time. So what are your reasons that you're excited or what are your use cases for it? I'll be honest. I think yes, yesterday was a tipping point for me when I had access to the chat GPT and basically have access to this learning tool. Uh, that's the way I would describe this is chat GPT is a learning tool and Grammarly was cool to me as a writing tool. And I did build a process around Grammarly for our business, basically with Grammarly, just this context, and then we'll get into chat GPT, but with Grammarly, for example, I would write a chapter and then I have a writing assistant and I would ask her to edit it just for general, general writing based on her view. But then I also, once I got Grammarly, asked her to build it into her process so that she puts the whole thing through Grammarly. 
And Grammarly, if you're not familiar, will take a big paragraph or a chunk of your text and it will score it based on metrics that you tell it about as templated drag and drop little tools, little sliders, and it will score it. And it'll say this chapter is an 82 out of a hundred. And then it will give you the prompts to fix it so that it's a hundred out of a hundred writing. And so we do that every time. Now we do a book chapter, a blog post, that kind of thing. And it just tunes up every aspect of the writing. Grammarly was very helpful, but that wasn't mind blowing to me. It didn't rock my world. Chat GPT has, that was just a productivity tool that was cool. But chat GPT is revolutionary. This is literally, uh, this is going to change the world. I'm not even joking around. This is as big as Google when Google came out, in my view. Very cool. And that's another tool, by the way, I realized that I've used Grammarly. And I guess this is a, a sort of recognition of, to some extent, we're all using AI already, right? So I'm not saying that chat, chat isn't a step change, but it's interesting to reflect that maybe it's coming a bit more subtly. So we all use Amazon, which has an incredibly powerful AI engine to try and work out what you should be shown in the search results, what else is going to sell to you kind of thing. Facebook serves up an algorithm of what content's going to get clicks and TikTok as well. Google obviously has an incredibly powerful AI, like the original, not the original, but the most famous initial example, as you said, what else? And then Grammarly I've been using for a long time as well. Yoast SEO, um, we're trying to optimize blog posts, for example, that's a very useful plugin that will tell you this is too long, this is too complicated. So it does quite a lot of sophisticated analysis. So none of that compares to anything. None of that compares. Okay. So let's, let's, let's talk about why you have used AI up till now then, and how you're feeling that's going to change. Well, maybe that's a better question. I think I've mentioned Grammarly was my use case and then PepperType was also my use case. PepperType was very helpful as well. PepperType has tools built into it that will, for example, if you give it three sentences and you ask it to expand the content, it will take it into a paragraph or two. Like it'll just, it'll expand on what you're writing. For example, in PepperType, if you've got one good sentence and you're like, I want to talk about this, but I don't know what else to say. It literally, with a push of a button, will give you a whole bunch more logical, beautiful, well-written content around that idea. So PepperType's cool in that regard. But again, we just need to talk about ChatGPT because it literally is, it makes everything else look like nothing compared to how powerful this is. So let me jump into that and tell you about what this experience to me is like using ChatGPT. Imagine that you have a writing prompt where you can ask the Oracle of Delphi or the smartest person on the planet, literally somebody who has eaten the internet and all the data in it. And you can begin to ask them any question you want. And it will give you the, you know, the logical internet based outcomes. Now you might say to yourself, well, the internet's full of garbage. Is that really going to be helpful? Let me just share uh, a few domains. And Michael, I, I mentioned these in our show notes and but happy to do others. I'm li- literally have chat GPT open right now. But the four domains I thought I'd mention was some are business and some are personal. The first thing that I started using it for, and I don't know why my mind went there, is this, the top of my question I had was, how do I optimize some wasted land that I have on the back of our property? And you might think that's a really weird set of questions to ask the all-knowing computer, like the Wizard of Oz or whatever. But I have this 13,000 square feet and I want to optimize it. And so I, I have basic questions. So for example, I ask it, what's the largest shed I can build on my property 
in Yuba City, California without a building permit. Now that's buried in the city building permit code. And I already looked and I couldn't find it because it's an obscure question and they don't really want you to work without building permits. And so it literally in just a quick response said the building code permits you to uh, build a structure up to 120 square feet without getting a, a permit in Yuba City, California. And then I said, I started to go down the track of my thinking, which was how do I make the most profitable business on 13,000 square feet? And they said, it depends on where you live. And I said, I live in Yuba City, California. And then I started asking questions about what's most profitable. And it said, you could rent it out for a cell tower. You could rent it to, as agricultural space, or you could start your own business. And then, so I said, what's the most profitable business I could use to run 13,000 square feet? It's about a third of an acre. And then they said, you can grow crops. And so I said, what's the most profitable thing to grow? And I knew some already because I watched YouTube videos. And I said, is growing mushrooms better than microgreens? And they said, mushrooms is a better business statistically because it's lower cost of labor and higher profit margin. And then I said, what about growing tilapia versus growing mushrooms? No, mushrooms is higher profit margin than growing tilapia. And then I said, well, what about koi, uh, growing koi as a breeder uh, versus growing mushrooms? And no, mushrooms still want to. And then I said, what type of mushrooms are the most in demand in Northern California? And then it listed uh, the mushrooms. And, and, and I said, it listed the first type as oyster mushrooms. And they said, it said, it's easy. They're easy to grow and in very high demand. Then I said, what's the second most popular shiitake mushrooms, easy to grow and in very high demand. What's the third most popular lion's mane mushroom. And so I just went down this track of optimizing this space in my backyard. And this thing is just Johnny on the spot with all kinds of important knowledge based on the wisdom of the internet. So that's one example. I've got several others I want to share with you, but. Any thoughts on that, Michael, or is your mind peaked in terms of London property, commercial use? Uh, <laughs> not really. No, I think if you asked AI for advice about profitability in London, it would probably say, go and buy somewhere else. Not sure. I should ask you, shouldn't I? I've just asked yeah. it, how do I ask Jason G. Miles a smart question on podcast? And what it said is, you can ask Jason G. Miles about the most innovative technologies currently available for business. And what advice he has for entrepreneurs leveraging those technologies to optimize their operations. <laughs> <laughs> which is very formal, but that's more or less what I'm doing. So I guess I'm not learning that much from that, but I say, you know, well, yeah. tell me, what yeah. advice do you have for entrepreneurs leveraging these technologies to optimize their operations? Since yeah. the, the Oracle has spoken, what is your advice on that? How do we optimize our operations? Well, we talk about e-commerce, but I want to just make sure we don't miss the subtlety here in the first example. The subtlety is, in my view, two or three important things. One is this thing has eaten complex documentation and can summarize it very easily and quickly. Like in the past, if I wanted an answer to that question, because I've done this before on prior places we live, I would have to call the city permit desk or go downtown and ask the question, how big a shed can I build without getting a building permit? That's a in-person conversation, or you dig through their building code, which is in many cities hard to, to dig through. And so it, it's such an instantaneous, fast delivery of the content you're looking for. It's really incredible. And then 
The other thing where my mind went with this whole question of how do I most profitably use this space is that it's a weighing machine based on the statistical information of the internet. So that means if I said to it, what is more in demand growing golden lady golden finches, which are very cool birds. Those are the really colorful little finches or koi fish. I couldn't Google that. You can't get a Google response to that kind of complex question. What is more in demand? Now you could go on Google trends. I've done all this stuff. You could, I know where to go to try to find a summary of that. And you can literally spend days or weeks trying to make sense of the data. And this thing in literally one sentence says the higher demand item is koi fish more than lady, lady golden finches. That weighing machine of the imputed information inside the internet that is just impossible to extract is literally why this is like the Oracle of Delphi. And this is the smartest thing on the planet right now because of that reason. I guess the only thing that strikes me is you'd have to actually go and do the manual version to come up with a, some human, I guess, proof or evidence that, yeah, test that it does it actually I've, coincide with I've what I've already tested it, bro. I've already, already tested, done that. Yeah, you've already done that for us. Yes. Yeah. And it's not perfect, but I will tell you this, that in turn, no, it's saying, don't ask me a CPA questions. And I, my first response when I answer questions related to tax stuff, and you and I do this all the time is we're not CPAs. We're not lawyers. Let's go contact your own personal thing. But here's what we understand to be the reality. It's the same with using chat GPT. You get the sense that it knows a ton, but yeah. you'd still want to verify it. I would still probably in my interactions want to make sure that the building code in Yuba city hasn't changed. It did only eat the internet in 2021. So it's not current in that yeah. regard. But you can test it in many ways. And my second example I want to talk about is a really interesting use case as well. And it uh, goes a little bit to this idea. I wanted to understand what amounts of information this thing has consumed and how it's consumed it. And as it happens, I love Jesus and I'm a church guy and I love going to Bible studies and that kind of thing. And there's a Bible study app that I've used for a couple of years now that people told me about, and it's called the Olive Tree Bible Study app. And it has the Bible in many versions, but it also has a thorough library of what you might call all of the classic and contemporary theology literature. And this is, there's many books like a Strong's Exhaustive Concordance or a Greek interlinear Bible key phrase tool. There are many complicated Bible study tools that go into ancient Aramaic and Greek and Hebrew, and they unpack the meaning and definitions of these words. They make connections that you would never in a million years understand. You, you really don't understand how deep that well is until you really start to sit with people who are like professors of Bible and theology, and they start to point out these incredibly complicated and unknown to you details. So I ask ChatGPT, are you familiar with the Olive Tree Bible Study app and all of its content? You know what it said to me? Yes, I've used the Bible Tree Olive app for several years now and know all of its information. 
You have to buy all those tools, all the information that they want in the Olive Tree Bible Study app. They add it on for $19 if you want to get EJ's commentary on this or like different people's commentaries. But ChatGPT has consumed all of that information and therefore I can have a conversation with it about everything I understand to be in the Olive Tree Bible Study app, which is, that's saying, I don't even know what the, what is a qu equivalent example. It's like saying... I don't know. It's read every law degree book for a lawyer in, in every nation of the world. It understands every law and every nuance. And the, these rabbit holes, this thing has gone down are insane. It's just, it blows your mind how much information this thing can talk to you about and respond to. So that one was a really interesting eye opener to me because it's not just, it hasn't just consumed the top couple searches on Google. It hasn't just read like Wikipedia. This is not cursory information. And that's why to me, it's so insanely powerful. And why I'm so jazzed about it. Yeah. Wow. I think you just put your finger on what is different between a traditional kind of book type study. I don't mean it has to be books, literally physically, it could be internet-based tools, but a traditional kind of deep study of something versus the internet-based version of something because research has come to mean Google and that comes yeah. to mean yeah. that Literal. the people who are best at S yeah, and the people who are best at SEO or Wikipedia, mm -hmm. the accuracy level for Wikipedia articles that are very, very, very common subjects is higher than Encyclopedia Britannica, but for really obscure subjects is quite low as you would expect, because not many people are going to edit things about ancient Aramaic. Actually, that's probably not true, but there are so many areas of knowledge that are too obscure to have much input. And yeah, the thoroughness thing strikes me as well. I guess what you're saying is you're basically saying, if I understand it, that it's reviewed everything <laughs> that is on the internet. And then it comes out with a very simple, but very seriously evidenced level of answer, like a really great lawyer or CPA to your point, somebody who knows the tax code from 30 years experience will say yes, mm -hmm. meaning I have reviewed 30 years of this and I'm yes means actually yes. So the koi carp versus mushrooms versus whichever you were going to do. Nope, definitely not koi carp, definitely mushrooms. I guess you can I guess the, the thesis is that you can really trust that because it's got deep knowledge on it. And it sounds like your little test of the background, you know, using your backyard, it's come up trumps. So yeah, wow, this is really deep implications. I mean, for me, this feels a little bit like early adopter worlds for technology are algorithmic trading, for example, in the mm -hmm. stock markets that's been around for a generation or two now. Yeah. And yeah. it feels to me like on the one hand, this is going to wipe out a lot of jobs. And on the other hand, mm -hmm. if you use it well, it's going to give you a huge edge as well. So it sort mm -hmm. of changes the entire game really of a lot of things, <laughs> everything. I mean, certainly internet marketing. Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the e-commerce leader. We certainly branched out quite a lot broader than e-commerce today, but it's all about internet marketing and tools and our interaction with technology, I guess. So interesting stuff. Um, Certainly, Jason's massively bullish on their open AI GPT-3. Having had a tiny taste of it myself, I'm certainly very intrigued and impressed. So will it take down Google or is it um, another fad or is it somewhere in between? My guess is that it is pretty big news. I'm with Jason on this. Uh, certainly something you should check out yourself. Jason's interest obviously has primarily um, been, well, many, many things, but among other things, professionally writing. And I have to say that I've been using AI tools to create blog posts for, amongst other things, um, the e-commerce leader itself. And um, so it is certainly a, a set of tools, a sort of writing type tools is something that for all e-commerce 
operators could be useful. Takeaways for this would be possibly exploring using it to create interesting articles for Google SEO. And if you run a Shopify business, that's straight away usable for you. If you run an Amazon focused business, uh, you can still use it off Amazon traffic is really, really powerful. Amazon loves it. So that is a couple of use cases straight away. Um, just to summarize what we've discussed today, writing or writing code is one of the use cases. Design is another one. And obviously that's critical for e-commerce, beautiful visual art. Um, and then learning as well. Certainly it's something you need to go away and explore. Is it gonna be useful to you? I suspect it may change a lot of your workflows over time. Can it be an advisor? Interesting question. Uh, certainly Jason has a lot of faith in it. I have not checked it out yet to that level. The truth is probably that it's gonna come up with some wonderful ideas, but which you should verify with your own research, I would suggest. Either which way, this could be a game changer, certainly a fascinating thing to check out. Go check it out openai.com. I got an account myself within about a minute this afternoon, so very easy to do. And uh, don't forget, of course, if you enjoy this kind of content, to subscribe to the e-commerce leader on the nearest podcast. The podcast pretty old technology, but it's a kind of updated version of radio, which has been around for oh, almost 100 years now. Hopefully, like me, you love listening to people talk about things as much as you do reading. So if that's you, don't forget to subscribe. And thanks very much for listening to the e-commerce leader as well. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>